but it does tend to mean that I was the only one in the family who had the opportunities. Your brother and sisters but, didn't. No, that's right, yeah. Today we have David Pinsker, the co-author of Stories from the Gimba. I am so excited to speak with him. I met him the other day at an event that we had close by, actually close by the American Club. It's close by the Tokyo Tower. And he was very kind to come to me. And I already had his partner on, the other person that co-authored this, that authored this, Frank Folding did the book and he told me about David and I was wondering if I was ever going to get a chance to meet him and I met him at the event and here we have David. David, I want to thank you so much for being here this My morning. My pleasure. Thank you. I'm very flattered. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, yes. yes. So tell me, let's start. I always start off with, I know where you were born, but you, oh. I'd like for you to tell me exactly where were you born? Um, I was born in a place called Mount Hope. It was a Salvation Army um, maternity facility in Bristol, in England, southwest mm -hmm. of England. Uh, on that site now, there is a, I think there's a bakery. Uh, it was a nice old building. Um, I, I remember seeing it for many, many years after I was, uh, you know, after I was born. Um, anyway, uh, that was where uh, I uh, saw the light, as it were. Um, okay. <laughs> we were talking earlier about conception mm -hmm. and how, how lucky all of us are that on this planet to get here it took mm -hmm. you have one in a 200 million I'd like to say 200 million for the chance of becoming human mm -hmm. well mm -hmm. that was where that happened uh, mm -hmm. that wasn't where I was conceived <laughs> that's not where you were conceived yes <laughs> yeah. do you have siblings yes I am the youngest of four I've got two brothers and a sister okay is the sister the oldest uh, no okay no, she's the second born. Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of Disadvantage to think to to be the youngest, I believe. How many years between you and the oldest? Seven. Okay, so you're very so. Then you guys grew up to be pretty close. Um, I think so, and I think looking looking at us now, I'm I'm pleased to say that we are really quite a close family, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and surprisingly in some in some respects, given what the family goes through, of course. But Tell me uh, about it. Uh, no, it, it does please me. To, to know that uh, that we are close, mm -hmm. and um, I speak to my sister, my brothers, quite frequently, um, more frequently than my wife speaks to her sister, who only lives twenty miles up the road. Um, so, yeah, we are we are we are close, and it it gives me pleasure to know that. What about mom and dad? Are they still here with oh, us? Oh, they're long gone. Oh, they were um, really. Okay. I was orphaned at <laughs> the. I was orphaned at the tender age of 45. Okay, come on. They lived, they lived a good life. They lived a good. How old were your parents when they left? Did mom go before dad? No, dad my dad went uh, first. Uh, he, was, um, he was 73, I think. Okay, that's kind of young. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mother went about uh, uh, when she was 83, I think. Okay. So they stayed together the whole time? Miraculously enough, they did, yes. <laughs> Through the ups and downs of trying to live with someone who you weren't born next to. Uh, all of that, yes. yes, yes. Yeah. Then we, I went to uh, my local comprehensive school for high school, so at age 11. Okay. Um, at that time, most children took an exam uh, called the 11 plus. And if they passed it, they went to a, a grammar school and they, went, they, they were on a reasonably good path. And if they didn't, they were basically um, junked. So um, they would go to what was called a technical school and they would be right. expected to leave school at 14 or 15. Um, the 11 plus was abolished uh, 
before I reached that stage. So I went to what's called a comprehensive school, which was a very um, uh, important idea in educational and social policy. The idea was to have uh, children from all backgrounds and all skill types so that they would benefit from each other. It was highly controversial. And uh, did, How long did you do that? How long were you well, in that system? 11, from age 11 to 18. Okay. So, but yeah. you were the beginning. So it started when you were 11? Yeah. The program? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that was when they were just being introduced uh, throughout the UK. Do they still do that in the UK? Uh, it's, it's abolished now? Things have changed a lot. Mm -hmm. I, um, I'm not really very familiar with it. I doubt very much. And certainly mm -hmm. my, that school doesn't, as far as I know, it doesn't exist now. Right. But I, um, I have to, I'm grateful to it because it did give me chances that I, as a working class child with very little parental guidance, would have had. So I did have opportunities as a, as a result. Mm -hmm. But it does tend to mean that I was the only one in the family who had the opportunities. Your brother and sisters they, didn't. No, that's right, yeah. Because yeah. they didn't have the system at the time. That's right, yes, yes. So, so did they go straight to a trade school? Yes, pretty much. Well, my um, my oldest uh, brother did, and he did really badly. He was just not suited to that kind of study. Mm -hmm. My sister left at uh, 15 and went to work in uh, Woolworths, I think, a branch of Woolworths, and then uh, had a number of kind of, uh, you know, blue-collar jobs. Uh, my The other brother started an apprenticeship in uh, engineering, oh, uh, heating and ventilating engineering. Then he went to Israel uh, at a very young age. He was only 16 uh, with no particular plan. Well, he had a plan. He, he, and he was certainly something he wanted to do, but um, it was, um, well, it was, you know, it was a very powerful decision. Um, so he went there for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. and, Goodness. Uh, he went to Israel. Mm -hmm. Well, are your parents Jewish? Oh, yes. Okay, so you, that means your mother has to be Jewish because we all stuck with it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what kind of work did your father do? Ah, um, well, he had trained as an upholsterer. Okay. Um, and um, so that was his trade, but he didn't get much work doing that. And when, in my first memories, he had a small um, furniture shop and you know secondhand furniture um, on the one of the main roads in in Bristol. And he was doing house clearances and selling stuff there, but it was, he didn't do very well, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was generally, I mean, we'd see kids walking by, oh, junk shop, look at the junk shop, you know. And uh, But he had some interesting things come by, and unfortunately, I'm sure there was quite a lot of valuable artifacts that uh, slipped through his fingers. And uh, but he uh, saw that um, it wasn't doing very well at all. They were in difficulties. And so they sold that and they bought a somewhat larger house and started to um, take in uh, lodgers, which was mm -hmm. not, uh, not a lifestyle choice, I would recommend. How old were you when that started to happen? Uh, four. Oh, so, so you're telling me this stuff, this is in retrospect because mm -hmm. you didn't know what was going on at first. I mean, mm -hmm. he's doing all this before yes. you. Yeah, yeah. So as you got older, then you start realizing you, you, you were being filled in as to what took place. Well, I, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, some of my earliest memories, I, well, my, my, my sister uh, remember, and her, my oldest brother, they remember a lot of that of life uh, uh, in the shop. And they, to hear them speak about it now, it's quite idyllic. They, uh, uh, they liked that for a while. And, and that all just broke up when we moved from there into this other 
into his house. Was it far from where you lived before? Mm, well, not not really. Not far. Uh, okay. My, I, at the time, uh, my dad also worked in a, fa a chocolate factory, um, Fry's, a company called Fry's, mm -hmm. but recently it, that it was Fry's then, taken over by Cadbury's, and uh, a few about 15 years ago taken over by the Kraft Group. Okay. And um, that was a, I remember him working in the night shift, he used to, uh, he used to go, somebody would pick him up on a bike, he'd be on the back there, and I remember waving him goodbye. And, it seemed to be about once a week or once a month or so. He'd come in. He'd come out. Uh, come back on a Saturday morning with all the chocolate rejects in cardboard boxes, and they were really good. All the stuff that was that just couldn't go out. Right. And um, I, uh, was, that was quite a memorable, a magic. Moment. I think it would be. Yes. <laughs> but uh, that life kind of left us really when we moved to to this larger house, and they took in lodgers and. Uh, there were a lot of them, to be honest, and it was not really, uh, um, it was not the ideal environment for, mm -hmm. uh, for children, I would say. Okay. Um, and that's the way it was until you left? Pretty much so, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad was a bit, because um, he used to go off internally inside himself for days and days on end and hardly speak. And, uh, and be there, he would be he, there. Well, physically, but um, yeah, physically, he would just hardly mentally. talk to people. Where was he born? Where was he from? Um, he was born in, in Britain, in, okay. uh, in, in Bristol. Okay. Um, his parents had been brought over as, uh, as well, babes in arms after one of the pogroms. Um, and my mother was born in a, uh, or uh, well, raised by a Jewish orphanage in, in London. Okay. Uh, odd thing, I, I, they never really, um, talked about how they, they met. You know, I know that they met in a town called Western Supermare. It's a sort of seaside town near Bristol. It's not particularly elegant, but it's okay. accessible. Um, and uh, the story was that my, my mother went there and somehow they met. But, I mean, with, with a bit of maturity and, and, and world knowledge, you can realize, well, that, that really is not feasible for her to have gone quite a distance in 1947 on her own uh, to the other side of the country and just kind of happened to meet this man there. So it must have been an arrangement uh, oh, somehow. I see. But I see, I see. They never but that's right after the war too. Yeah, yeah. Right after the war. So I think England was still in, in, in shatters. I mean, it oh, was... Very much so, yes. yeah. so that's why you assumed it must have been arranged. Well, it must have been arranged. No, I think it was arranged because they were Jewish. Okay, um, I see. Because for a young woman of her age at that right. point, having been brought up in an orphanage. I, I mean, the, the thought of her taking a train, uh, you know, three or four hours to a, the other side of the country. I mean, it's only, I know it's only London and Bristol, it's only 120 miles, but it would have been quite a distance and quite a journey at that time. You didn't have a purpose if you yes. weren't yeah. going to meet someone or something. Yeah, yes. so it, 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 it must have been arranged, but they never ever talked about that. Mm. So. Uh, Odd, really, isn't it? That's interesting. <laughs> so, as a child, were you more academic or were you more sports minded? Um, I was regarded as more academic. But, okay. um, I Out of all your siblings? Well, yes, I suppose so. Um, yeah, I, I was regarded as, as brainy, they thought. Uh, I mean, I was, I was fairly good at language. I was good at mm -hmm. learning English. I was right. good at um, with writing things. What do you think started that? Do you remember, recall? Or? 
Was it your mother reading to you, your uh, father I reading to you? I do remember that. Yeah, I do remember that. No, that's one of the things I'm very, um, very grateful to. I, 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 I had a lisp, a lisp, you know, okay. when I was quite young. And I remember my mother really patiently uh, sitting me on her lap and, and curing me of that when I was about six. That was one of my more uh, you know, precious. Uh, but you remember having the lisp? Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. But your mother just stayed with you? Said, this is how you say it? Yes. And she, she I'm in one hour or so, she, she cured it. That is beautiful. Mm. That's all you need is time. So they changed you. They probably give you a bunch of confidence, too, after that, too. Well, I mean, when you're six years old, I don't know if confidence is a, a big issue. You have, yeah. but um, six years old, that's true. Um, but she used to read to you often, so that's what she was yes, doing. Yes. But did she read to your other siblings? Oh, do you sure, think? she did. Yes, she yeah, did. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So all of you have probably a good grasp on literature and liking to. Well, I was the only one who really had something of a formal education, really, or because anything of the, beyond the, did the school, yes, right. yeah, anything beyond what was actually rudimentary. Um, mm -hmm. My oldest brother uh, dabbled in college a few times. He is well read. Um, okay. So the others, the other two, are not particularly um, well. They, you know, they read. They're interested. They're interested in things, but they're not particularly uh, um, oriented towards study. Shall we say? Okay. What kind of interest did you have when you went into literature and stuff? What was your what were the biggest areas you were interested in? History. What type I, of history? We were we were brought up on on this uh, on English history, which was a list of dates and, and battles and, and, and stuff. But and you enjoyed that? I did. Yes. Okay. Yes. But uh, right. we had to choose a foreign language, and the choice was German, French, or English. And um, French seemed to be oh, obvious. Well, how would English be a foreign? That was oh, the sorry, uh, Spanish, Spanish. Okay, I was about to I'm listening. <laughs> Go well on. done. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Uh, well, French seemed to be just a bit obvious and a bit too close, and Spanish seemed a bit remote. I chose German, and and I surprisingly was quite good at it. Actually, reasonably okay. Are you still good with German? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I read it, and uh, I. I didn't get much chance to use it, but oh, yeah. uh, I read it and I'd watch the news, watch films in it. Okay. Occasionally, I might get a, a piece of work that needs to be translated, but um, uh, I don't really use it much these days, mm -hmm. of course. Mm -hmm. um, but um, other languages is, is, is there, and so um, I suppose that was what determined my um, educational outcome. So I, I then went on to do languages at university. Also, you became a, a linguist. I suppose so. Okay. I mean, I, it's not a. I suppose so. Yes, yes. So, how many languages do you speak? Well, I mean, uh, so uh, German, and later I did French, and okay. um, from since I've been here, Japanese, okay. some extreme. So and how long have you been in Japan? I came here in 1979, uh, firstly, and I've been here most of the time. I, I've I left on two occasions, not expecting to come back. And, so you stayed uh, away for a while. Yeah. Well, yeah. Two. Two fairly brief interludes, um, but I've so I've been here most of all that time. Yeah. Okay. Were you married when you went when you left? Were you already married? When I left Japan. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So you stayed married. You're still married to the same woman. Is it the same woman? You know, that's okay. an interesting question. Isn't I'm it? I mean, because <laughs> no, so I, I talked to so many people yeah. here, and I and and I would say it's more than half of the people I mm. speak to have been married more than once mm. here. The I've been married gems. just once. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes, same here. Yeah, I, well, yes, I do. I mean, I'm just playing around there, but um, 
uh, somebody asked me, is it, is it the same woman? And I wonder, well, is it the same woman when I look at what? <laughs> Once you finished school, you mm. had some German under your belt. Mm. You knew that you were in, in, you liked languages. Mm. Did you have a job while you were in school, or did you get a job right after you got out of school? Or did you go to college? I went to college, yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. To study what? Modern languages. Modern so, languages, yes. okay. That, yeah. by the way, is an option that a young person in that situation wouldn't have today, both those options. I, the school I went to, um, the schools now don't, or many of the schools do not offer um, language choices, foreign language choices, uh, and they don't make it obligatory. Right. So there's far less emphasis on language education in Britain now. And uh, where I did my degree, at that time it was Bristol Polytechnic, um, it's now the University of the West of England. Okay. They don't offer languages anymore. Did you work while you were in college? Oh, I did part-time jobs and things like that, yes. What were you doing? Like what? Um, well, I did my first year in London, so I, at a separate uh, polytechnic, um, I, I changed from there. So while I was in London, I worked as a waiter. Okay. Did you have to pay for your schooling, or did you? No. You, you, you came on a scholarship. We used to get grants at that time. They call them grants? Yeah. Do they, you have to pay them back? No. Okay, so there's like a scholarship, yeah. yes. Well, at that time, if you had a... Uh, if you had a, a, a place on a qualifying course, which meant a degree level course, the um, <clears throat> your local authority was was obligated to to pay you a grant, uh, pay you a grant, okay. and to pay the tuition. Uh, how much they paid would vary, but um, that has largely gone now. It's all on loans. Right, that's right. Did you have any obligations at all after you finished school? No. So what did you do after that? When you got out of college, what did you do? Did you get a job right away? I did pretty much straight away. I was uh, I. I started working for a local uh, company that makes off or made off. It's not there anymore. It made office furniture, okay. and they took me on as a, a rather grandiose, with a rather grandiose title as export sales executive, and um, that was. Uh, I was a bit of a disaster, to be honest. How long did you do that? How long were you there? Seven months. Seven months. Mm -hmm. Okay. Were you supposed to be selling into Germany, possibly? Anywhere, really, but largely Anywhere. to the Middle East. Okay. So uh, they sent mm -hmm. me off on a Middle East trip, um, and I was just, I was, you know, as green as, 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 as I, a suitable metaphor escapes me, but I was not really ready. Did they send you alone, or did you go with the team? Um, was it like that two occasion, I, uh, I had a kind of um, trial run on a, a business trip to Ireland. Okay. And uh, then uh, I suppose I succeeded with that. So a little later they sent, oh, it's your, you've got to go on your Middle East trip now. So uh, they sent me off Alone? That. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what were you to do? Walk well, us visit, through it. Walk visit us dealers. Through visit, it. Um, visit, uh, visit dealers, uh, visit projects, people where, were, where there was some building going on, um, talk to them about what we might be able to provide. Well, I was ill-trained for it, to be honest. Okay. Um, I mean, this could be a textbook example of, of what can go wrong in British management, I think. Okay. Um, and it, and I have my own responsibility for it too. I, I, I had a pretty bad attitude. So. Which uh, was what? Well, I mean, when I was going to work there, I, I was late. For example, I was usually late in the mornings. It, Why? It didn't seem, because I'd never really had. Um, a sense that it mattered to to be there on time. I just wasn't really brought up with that. In a, I, I guess. Um, wait, 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 I'm just curious about mm. that. 
What about when you were in school? Were you late to your class? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So that's something that you'd already built into your personality. Yes, yeah. Yes. You'd come in when you came in. Yeah, we had a pretty awful bus service in Bristol, I have to okay. say. I mean, but this is no excuse. But we. But you use that as your excuse. To some extent, it is a legitimate reason to be late. And we didn't have a car. My parents didn't have a car. Um, so um, we relied on the buses, and they were not good. And they were notoriously, everybody knew they were not good. So there was a bit of that, and I suppose there was then the assumption that, well, the bus is going to be late anyway, so what's the point, really? And uh, just a lack of interest, I suppose, um, and, and just being a bit slow in the mornings. And, Did uh, they pay you on time when your pay was due? They would pay on time, yes, yes. The, so when I started going, to, when I started work at this local factory, oh, after, after a while I, I bought myself a little car, but it, didn't, it wasn't very reliable. Okay. Um, and I would... Now, the age right now, you're talking 22? 23, 20, yes. 22, yeah, okay. Yeah. And uh, they, start, they would start at 8.15, and I thought, well, that's a bit unreasonable. Uh, I thought, well, if I'm going to be here until 5 or 5.30, what does it matter if I'm, you know, 10 minutes late? Um, so I had this really pretty bad attitude, to be honest. And um, I remember the, there, was a, a sec, there was a security man at the door, usually some retired guy. With a, they used to joke that if he takes off his cap, he, he has to take off his ears as well. You know, and he would make some sarcastic comment, and I would, and I would tell him off because I was manager. I was management. He said. So um, I, I am aware now, and I haven't always been aware of this, but um, last few years I've come to realise that um, my behaviour was uh, was not optimal, okay. really, and so. Uh, it was bad from my side. Um, from the company's side, I mean, basically what they did wrong was they took somebody just out of university who was a bit arrogant, I suppose, with, with what he was taught and what he thought he what he was you know, led to believe he was. Gave him a fancy name card that said executive, believed himself to be, you know, a, a station or two above everybody else. And they just let me get on with it, really. Now, comparing that to what We've come to know about how a Japanese company would work. Mm -hmm. um, how old was this company? Was it a well-established company? Yes, or was uh, it had been there. Um, the, the the basic company. The the um, the there was a local company that did shop fittings, and then um, that was taken over by um, a company which made office furnishings, metal metal and wooden furnishings as well, and it would, had been around for. You know, well over a hundred years or so. Okay, so they had some experience yeah. in hiring people like yeah. you um, from college, or were you one of the first? They had probably hired a few other college people. I, I, they hadn't had many. I was probably okay. So you were like the beginning for them. Yeah, they didn't know any more than you know. Hmm. So you guys were the blind leading the blind in a way. I, I suppose you could so say they're that. Trying to but, um, what they call it? They call that um sink or swim. They used to say that's right. What it was. And, and that's what they were uh, doing to you. Yeah, and um, if you sink, then you both sink usually. It was very, very insufficient. What they, what I mean, my, my degree, my level of training. So, I was a young man, and I was going now to this this rather dismal-looking company. How long had you been with? How long had you been with them before they sent you out to the Middle East? Uh, four or five months, I think. It's kind of a good mm. time. Did, did they ever have a formal classroom? Would someone sat in there? No, yeah, that's the problem. They never did that. So, well, I mean, wait. when I when I turned up there. Um, I was supposed to be on training. I mean, they just kind of walked me around the floor, the, the shop, the factory, which was big, 
and, and I'd see these people doing these things with machines. I had no clue about what they were doing. They would explain it, but I mean, I, I mean, it was just, it could have been a foreign language, you know. So you didn't know the wood types, you didn't understand what kind of metals exactly. were being used, right. yes. you didn't know what a hinge was, That's you right. knew nothing about Quite. the construction of the furniture they yes. were making. Yes, or nothing about how you ship it. How you ship it, or how it's uh, going to yeah. come to or them. Or how it's packed, or right. nothing about export financing, or banking, or anything like that. It was just... What were you doing over there? Okay, I'm just curious. Mm. Over the four and five months, while you were there, before they sent you off to the mm. Middle East, to your demise, mm. what, what were you doing? Well, a lot of the time I was um, looking through trade information. So uh, bulletins from uh, overseas trade missions. We used to get a, a kind of uh, information service from the uh, uh, Chambers of Commerce and people like that. So we would hear about tenders and I would then put, put together a tender and telex it to somebody. Um, In, inside your company? Yeah, uh, no, overseas, probably. Put up the oh, tender. You just put together a tender, trying to bid on yes, the, okay, yes, yeah, it, okay. yes. And send that off, and uh, that was a lot of it. Um, right. Uh, I would, went to one or two exhibitions, I think, or trade shows, um, and stood there for a while, talked to people. I mean, I was reasonably charming, so I was okay to, to have her around there, but uh, the, I'm embarrassed now to think of some of the things I said to people because of my sheer ignorance at the time. Um, and you remember it too, don't I you? do, I do, yes, yes. Um, Give me an example <laughs> that you can share. Uh, we were bidding on um, furnishing the, um, of something for the Dubai Defence Forces, and they contracted the, um, the work to... Uh, to a French company, I think they were putting all that stuff together. So basically, I had to talk to the the, the French person to talk to the uh, the Dubai uh, overlord, trying to go and see him. And I thought, no, what am I going to tell him? You know, and I started thinking to myself, I was drawing up some notes. I thought, and some somehow I I remember thinking aesthetic value, aesthetic appeal. Bloody hell, you know, he's a military man and all that. I'm talking, and he's got a budget, and I'm supposed to be selling. Uh, office desks and furnishings. I'm talking about aesthetic appeal, you know. I mean, I, I, I just felt naked, you know. I had no no tools, no weapons. I had no information. How did he respond to you? I, I think I might, I'm not sure I actually said that. I okay. must have found something else to say, but I just stopped myself at some point. But I, do, I don't think I actually said, oh, it's the aesthetic appeal. I, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. But I, I, I must have found something else to say. But I, I do really... Um, still remember just feeling completely unprepared for this. You knew you hadn't, you, you weren't even close to getting that deal. Uh, we probably got it for some other reason. Oh, um, you did get I it? I, we, we, we were already dealing with them um, uh, through some other, okay, you know, okay, okay. There were, something's going through. Unfortunately, that company isn't there anymore. Last time I passed by, uh, the, whole, the whole ground was, was uh, given over to a kind of car auction. But you only stayed there eight months. Yeah, but it had a very powerful impact on me. I was completely unprepared for that position. Mm. So what happened to you? Where did you go from there? Um, I had a couple of sort of part-time jobs, and a bit later I came to Japan. <laughs> also, it was around the same, so yeah. it wasn't too many years before then that you came That's here. That's right, yeah. What brought you to Japan? Well, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> 
that I was interested in language. I'd had a notion that I was interested in Japan. From when? Um, I think it was the James Bond film that did it, and you only live twice. That's right. And prior to that, I, I, I remember I'd seen a Japanese film at uh, my local picture house when I was about 12. Mm -hmm. It was Onibaba. Did you know anyone Asian? No, I don't think I did. Um, I, I didn't come to study anything in particular. I mean, I kind of had an interest, like everybody does, in a bit of martial arts and all of that, but I wasn't really a, a student of anything like that. So you came over here with what intention? When you first uh, well, came? to 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 uh, to be an English teacher, a language teacher, an Aikaiwa teacher. Okay. Like so that was when you first came here. You came here and worked. So what did you do? You sat you sat there in England and you said, okay, I've about finished what I have to do here. I've mm. had a couple of part time jobs after that a tremendous time I had in Dubai. Mm. Now, <laughs> now I want to go learn a language that's far away from the languages I've dealt with mm. now recently. Yes. Yeah. And you saw there were English classes mm. to teach, and you put in for it. That's right. And you had your college degree, so they say, of course. Yeah. So, and you're English, too, so you really could get an easy. Um, well, yeah, things worked out pretty well there. So who'd you work for? Nova? No, uh, it was a small company called FL Center. They okay. used to have six schools. Based where? Well, they had one on um, Yamasazaka, and that's where. Okay. That's where my little story begins, my Japan adventure begins. Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> so you're right here in Tokyo? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm. So you came here? And yeah, that was October, uh, October 1979. Okay. Mm. Yes. Um, and that was a good decision. I felt uh, good. And for a long time, I felt this was, this was the right thing to do. I'm glad I did it. How did your family feel? Oh, Mom my and dad are still here yeah, at the time. My mother was very supportive. Okay. Because um, I'd had a few difficulties, uh, you know, with jobs and things prior to that. And you were always staying at home? Uh, yeah, up to that point. Okay. Yes. yes. Um, so now you're 25, 23. 23. Oh, 23. Uh, 24 when I, I came here. I was going to say, yeah, 24. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, my dad, um, I needed a bit of money to come here. My dad didn't want to give it to me, so uh, my mother did. He was never a very interventionist father at all, quite the opposite. Um, but he did say, I think at some point he said, well, you might as well give up or something or don't bother. Um, so I, in fact, did start to write back to the people in Japan to tell them, sorry, I won't be taking up the position. And my mother saw that and she said, no, that's, that's not the right She wanted the do. best for her kids. Yeah. And after, yeah. So she did. She actually stepped in. and uh, He didn't know. He probably didn't know. No, of course. She didn't yeah, want to have any yeah, more spirited yeah, debates. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was that. Okay. And so yeah. how long did you stay away the first time? Well, uh, 18 years, I guess. <laughs> so you did, wait. Mm. You went back to visit sometimes. Oh, I went back to visit, oh, certainly, yeah. But um, I mean, basically, I, from that point on, I, I, I was living in Japan. Uh, so how did you feel when you first came here? I'd seen a few documentaries. Um, I remember I'd seen one on, I think it was the BBC a few years before, uh, which was a, a documentary on a, on a person who had been living here for sem several years at a time when this was still quite rare. He was mm -hmm. a judo person. Um, I remember seeing that and being quite impressed by it. So I, I was, I like to think I was reasonably knowledgeable. I didn't feel particularly awed uh, by it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I remember seeing all these wires in the sky, where the you know the the, the, the cables and everything. Um, that was one of the my first impressions about the place. Yes, you know, with 
all of these uh, electricity cables right. and exposed and everything. When did you feel like, okay, I really like Japan. This is going to be my place from the beginning, or did you? You couldn't be from the beginning. I think at the beginning I was I was okay with it for 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 a while, um, and I think after about two years I had a bit of a crisis really, and I began to think that it was. Well, I don't know if it was a crisis, but after about two years, I kind of thought, well, it's okay, but maybe it's time to go. And it was around about that time when I began to see beyond Tokyo, and uh, particularly around some of the suburbs, which were not very appealing. I used to feel a bit desolate um, in places like that. There was a time then, I, I, I do remember now thinking around about midway through 82 that, uh, well, it's been two and a half years, maybe I can just... Uh, draw a line under this now, it's, you know, I've done it. But uh, that didn't happen for some reason. Um, why, why? When did you get married? How, when did you get married? Um, I got married in um, 83, God. Four, four so years. that's the reason why? I mean, let's talk uh, about it. <laughs> turned up around about that time, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're just getting ready to turn the corner, and you say, hmm, yeah. okay. Mm. And, then, and then, did you get married right, you got married almost right away, you didn't know her very long, did you? Oh, oh well, she was a, a bit of a story. That uh, no, I had, I was, uh, after, after a while, I was working at the um, Tokyo YMCA. The uh, one in Yokohama? No. Oh, the uh, one, oh, yeah, yes, the yes, one, yes. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah, they used to have this nice They should did. In, uh, I never Yonder. went to it, but I know yeah. about it. Yes. Because they had this one, and then the sister one, I guess, in Yokohama, they had the one yes, in Yokohama, yes, too. Yes, yes, yes. And they used to run an evening school. Okay. And uh, so that was what I was teaching on. Mm -hmm. and, uh, Through the company that you were working with? Uh, no, this is after I left them. Okay, you so left this them. is my, my second job. YMCA was a good place to work at the time, actually. It was, mm -hmm. it was, it was. stable. That's right. Um, you had good contacts, you know, you, you got paid. You That's know? right. Um, and they used to take care of your health insurance and things like that. You know? That's right. That's right. For the first time, I was a real mensch. I, I, I was teaching um, Saturdays and uh, evening classes, and there was woman there, um, and uh, they were, she came with a friend, and they were a bit older than the, the others, um, but they were very enthusiastic. They were not terribly gifted, not terribly mm, capable, but they were really keen and enthusiastic, so it was, it was a pleasure. Oh, okay. Does your wife speak English now? No. Okay. Uh, I don't get much English out of her now, actually, yes. to be honest. Um, <laughs> And, and I, when I met you, I asked you if you had children, and you said no, and I almost suspected that because I said you don't have any stress marks from ah, kids. You don't have any yeah. kids' stress marks. No, uh, children, that's, um, that's, that's one mistake I didn't make. <laughs> so do you have any other hobbies or anything that you like doing outside of? And what do you do now? Because I noticed mm. from your other card, I saw, mm. let's see, I have your cards here. Mm. And you had, honey, branch manager of the Royal Navy Association, what's that oh, about? Oh, that, uh, that's a kind of hobby job, voluntary work. Okay, what about the senior consultant oh, that for is a real LHH? Job. Yes, that is a real job. <laughs> Are you still doing that? I do. Yes, I do. And what is LHH? Uh, that is Lee Hecht Harrison, it's an American company. Oh, okay. HR and okay. uh, placements. So Lee, Lee Hecht Harrison does, or LHH as it is now, because okay. everything has to be... Yeah, shortened to yeah, the initials, yeah. right. Um, it's part of the... Um, Adico Group. Okay. Uh, it's a very big company, actually. Um, so where are you today? We were talking about your ah, businesses now, LHH. Yes. Well, that work is, uh, that, that is the, the, the major part of what I do now, and that is um, assisting people with their resumes and their career transformation, really. Mm -hmm. um, 
their interview preparation and that kind of thing. Okay. I also do some other work uh, in the, I suppose, in an area of communication. Uh, for example, with a interior design school, I work on their uh, program for them. Mm. And well, Frank told me he called mm. you up mm -hmm. because he said he could. He had the idea, mm. and he did say he got the idea from me. Did he? He did. He said from do, when I after I interviewed him uh, and yes, I had him the first right, time, yes. he said, "Hmm." Yeah. I can do that mm. better. Yeah. And he did do it better. And he, <laughs> so he put it together in a book, he said, but he needed someone that knew how to write really well. Mm -hmm. And he said, it's a good friend called David. Well, David. that was nice of him to say that. And that's why you're on here, mm -hmm. co-authoring this book. Mm. It's wonderful. So you've seen me do this once before, talk about the book, Stories from the Gimba. And we're going to end here. What mm -hmm. I usually do, David, is mm -hmm. I asked a question at the end of my podcast of my guests. Is that like the Desert Island Discs? Yes. I see. <laughs> if you could go back in time ah. and meet the younger David, mm. what advice would you give him and how, how old would he be? I would tell him to be a bit more um, a bit more assertive when he needed it. What age was he? What age would you be at that time? 22, 23, and, and well, this was a kind of recurring, recurring. Characteristic, but also at the same time to, to temper that assertiveness with humility. And so that's, I suppose that would be the, the message: be assertive, but with humility. That's what you're saying with you in your wise age of 68. Well, I've still right. got a lot to learn. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank David. you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I want to thank all of you for watching this podcast. Make sure you press like and subscribe. And never forget, it's all unknown, so continue to reach for the stars. Because you're too blessed to be stressed.